0: When I wrote the blank slate, I had a chapter on violence. And that obviously raised the question of whether we are doomed to strife and misery because of human nature. And I knew that the chapter, which argued that we do have violent impulses uh, in us, was going to meet with resistance from people who thought, well, are you saying that war is in our genes, and so we should not work for peace, that we're stuck with rape and mayhem and assault because uh, we just can't help it? Now. I think that's a a non sequitur, kind of lazy thinking. I pointed out that, of course, we're not doomed to perpetual violence because there are a lot of features of human nature. There isn't just our competitive or dominant or sadistic or vengeful impulses, but also our sense of empathy, our capacity for self-control, our ability to formulate moral norms, our ability to come up with incentives and institutions that make it not worth people's while to commit acts of violence. And I also noted in that chapter, well, you can't really have a debate on uh, whether we are pinned to a particular level of violence because of our genes or our evolutionary history. Anyone who knows uh, human history knows that that can't be true. There are huge changes in violence over history. And a lot of them are in the direction of lower violence. No matter what human nature consists of, you can't deny things like every civilization used to have slavery Slavery then got abolished as a legal institution, that the Soviet Empire, a violently repressive autocracy, collapsed almost entirely peacefully. And I threw in a fact that I had come across to my own astonishment from a political scientist named Ted Robert Gore, where he scoured the historical records for estimates of homicide rates in English villages and towns over many centuries from the historical archives. People are always interested in in the homicide, partly because the king could send out his agent and get compensation from the family of the perpetrators. And so the records go back. And amazingly, if you plot homicide rates in English towns over the centuries, from the 13th century to the present, you get a kind of noisy cloud, but there's an unmistakable downward trend. Used to be that the homicide rates were anywhere from 30 to 100 per 100,000 per year in medieval England, now they're somewhere between one and two. That's a big decline. Anyway, I tossed that out in the chapter on violence just to underscore the fact that, look, there's just no debate over whether humans are stuck with a constant level of violence. And kind of left it at that, a few years later, I was asked to contribute to a, a web feature called What Are You Optimistic About? and a bunch of uh, scientists and philosophers and uh, were asked to just toss out their speculation. And I repeated some of these observations. I said, look, World War III never happened, and the Soviet empire collapsed, and, uh, and homicide uh, declined in England since the, the Middle Ages. Over the next couple of weeks, I started to get correspondence from scholars in a bunch of different fields who said, you know, you could have added to your list. Did you know? that it was not just England where homicide declined, and it wasn't just that handful of data. But we now have good data from half a dozen European countries. They all show the same thing. From the medieval uh, times to modernity, interpersonal violence has fallen by a factor of uh, 10 to 30. Wow, that's interesting. Someone else wrote and said, uh, did you know that since the end of World War II, rates of uh, war have gone down? Now. It's easy to miss, because they haven't gone down to zero. And we all remember terrible wars like Vietnam. But if you actually plot the number of people killed per year in wars, it's kind of a roller coaster, but with a huge downward slope. We're living in a particularly peaceful time. Uh, Someone else said, hey, did you know that children are abused and beaten less often? Rates of physical abuse are down. Rates of sexual abuse are down. Someone else wrote and said, did you know that rates of uh, domestic violence are down? That is the the beating and killing of wives and girlfriends. Well, as I started to sit on all of these sources of data from these diverse scholars who didn't know of each other's existence, and they all seemed to point in the same direction, I thought, hey, there's a, a pattern going on here and almost no one knows about it. Partly because academics are in their separate silos, so the pattern was not noticed by anyone. Uh, Partly because our intuitions about society are driven by uh, vivid images and anecdotes. This is a feature of human cognition discovered by Amos Tversky and uh, Daniel Kahneman called the availability bias. An available image, an available anecdote uh, is worth a a zillion statistics. We read about a killing. We think that crime is up. We read about a war. We think the world is in flames. When you actually plot the data, so you take into account all the people who aren't murdered by their... Uh, spouses, all the countries that are in boring peace that never get reported in the papers, all the cities that don't get shot up by terrorists, then you get a very different picture. I thought, well, we got to make sense of this. For one thing, people should just know about these data that I was lucky enough to have sent to me. And also, great challenge for a scholar of human nature, for someone interested in human behavior in all of its variety. First of all, how come our ancestors were so violent? Second of all, how do they manage to, to tame it? How did we manage to get all those curves to keep going down? That led to my book, The Better Angels of Our Nature, Why Violence Has Declined, a title that I stole from Abraham Lincoln, which captures the key idea in psychology that human nature is complex. We have different angels and demons, even though some of us impel us to violence others can attain that violence. So I discussed um, six different historical declines of violence. I didn't think they were all, they didn't happen at the same time. They didn't happen in the same places. They didn't happen for the same reasons. None of them are linear or even monotonic. That is always going down. There are always lurches and blips. Sometimes there are Uh, horrific reversals, like the two world wars. But it's a phenomenon that, at least working back from the present, you see in many kinds of violence and uh, all over the world. There was the decline in personal violence from medieval times to the present, which I call the civilizing process after the great sociologist Norbert Elias. There was the humanitarian revolution of the Enlightenment, the abolition of cruel and unusual punishment, like burning at the stake and breaking on the wheel and being torn apart by horses and being clawed by iron hooks, which all got abolished within a 50-year period. There was the the long peace, the fact that the great powers, the the 800-pound gorillas on the world stage no longer fight each other the way they did for centuries and that uh, World War III never happened. Uh, indeed rich countries don't fight each other it used to be the rich countries that were at each other's throats and because they were rich they could afford big powerful destructive armies uh, war has declined so that it's more the poor countries where it's still a problem but even there it's uh, declining and i called that phenomenon the new peace. finally there are the rights revolutions the decline of violence against uh, racial minorities such as the decline of slavery and lynching and hate crimes and Jim Crow laws. The uh, women's rights revolution and the decline of rape and battering. And yes, they really have declined if you measure them. The children's rights revolution, the decline of corporal punishment like spanking and of child abuse, again. The data show that they've come down. Even the decline of violence against gay people, uh, laws that criminalize homosexuality and uh, hate crimes against uh, gays. Uh, We're beginning on an animal rights revolution where cruelty to animals is in decline. Humane methods of farming, regulations of research with animals, decline of blood sports like cockfighting and bullfighting. Then, of course, as a psychologist, I had to make sense of it. I'm gonna kinda of see human nature as my, uh, my problem and how did this uh, seeming miracle or miracles uh, take place? Well, they're not miracles. They come about because of our, our institutions, our norms, our laws that try to bring out the better angels of our nature uh, and give them the upper hand over our inner demons like our desire for revenge and dominance and exploitation. Things like government and the rule of law that uh, we don't settle our scores with dueling or blood feuds or vendettas or uh, mafia wars, but with a court system and uh, a police force. Institutions like literacy, which make the inner lives of other people come alive through fiction, through journalism, through narrative, like education that warns us against the disasters that leaders have led their countries into. Like trade and commerce, we often think of business as a callous and cruel and inhuman institution. In fact, the history seems to suggest, and as a lot of Enlightenment philosophers argued, commerce is a pacifying force. Better to trade for things than to steal them. Uh, You don't kill your customers. You don't kill your, your debtors. And in in general, people who do business with each other are less likely to try to kill each other. It becomes cheaper to buy things than than to steal them. So all of these institutions, these creations of uh, culture, work with our nature, not because we're blank slates. We still have all of those ugly impulses. And if those institutions, if those norms, if principles of enlightenment and civilization unravel or decay, Violence could come roaring back and in many places uh, it does, but our ingenuity, our empathy, our uh, common purpose allows us to let our better angels prevail and to tame the darker side of human nature.